the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's what I wish for you at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get underway on this Wednesday, the 30th morning of the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2019. Yeah, we all know about the temperatures. We do realize, though, right, this isn't new for us. I mean, okay, it's it's in the minus numbers, it's in the negatives, but we do live in northeast Ohio. We've been through cold before. It's going to be okay. Get to a warming shelter if you don't have a place to be. Obviously, make sure all animals are protected and put inside. But for everybody else, we're going to be okay. It's going to be cold like it is every winter. I don't know about you, but i got to tell you, when I'm outside in 5 degrees, I'm not sensing much of a difference when it's negative 5 degrees. Yeah, there's a 10-degree difference, but can you feel it? <laughs> Unless you're out there with your bare skin exposed, you know, if you're outside in a Speedo, uh, uh, you're you're going to be dressed, you're going to be warm, you're not going to know that, that, that it's negative 5 instead of 5. And even with the wind chill, it beyond that, uh, negative 10, 20, or 30, or 40, you know how that goes. We all know how to survive Northeast Ohio winters. It's going to be okay. No mail, by the way, today, so don't bother trudging out to the mailbox in the frigid temperatures uh, because there's not going to be a mail. Uh, USPS is uh, suspending that for a day. No trash pickup for those who have uh, trash pickup day on Wednesday morning. That's going to be delayed by a day for a lot, including in my community as well. Uh, but the weather's cold. I understand people are a little bit nervous, people are a little bit freaking out about the polar vortex, but we do live in northeast Ohio. Now, if they're getting this down in Atlanta, where the Super Bowl's going to be played on Monday, or Sunday rather, I can see them freaking out. They don't normally get these temperatures, but we do. So let's just uh, let's all take a deep breath, relax a little bit, snuggle up with uh, somebody you love, uh, get a cup of hot chocolate, and keep the radio tuned to AM 1420. Answer. You ain't got nowhere to go anyway, right? You might as well stay here and talk with us. All right, uh, that's the extent of my weather forecasting slash op- uh, opinion today. I want to dive into the news. And we do have one guest coming up in one hour from now. It'll be Ryan Morrow, National Security Analyst at the Clarion Project. He's going to be joining us to talk about a number of issues affecting your security here at home by way of situations developing abroad, particularly in the Middle East. That, by the way, is one of the new stories of the day. Uh, Mitch McConnell breaking with President Trump and rebuking him, essentially urging him, please keep our troops in Syria and Afghanistan. He said, ISIS is not defeated. Don't make the same mistake that Barack Obama made by thinking, well, we've already won the war in uh, in Iraq. Let's bring the troop homes, troops home. No point in keeping them over there. We all know how that worked out. So uh, we'll talk about that with Ryan Morrow coming up in a bit as well. I want to start today, however... With the war for life, the war over life, the war over innocent life, the war over unborn children, uh, babies, defenseless, in the most protected place they can possibly be in the womb, uh, under attack. I, uh, I, I want to I caution you for just a moment as we settle into this this morning. Uh, if I sound preachy, number one, uh, I do apologize. See, you, you know what's really odd? Um, protecting life isn't about religion. 
protecting life isn't about just a, a you know a godlike code that we have to follow because we're Christian or because we're Jewish or because we're of a faith that protects and believes in protecting life. It's not about hey we defend life and we protect the unborn because God says so. It can't be that because that's what the left and the pro-abortionists, the pro-death before birth crowd, that's what they use to mock us and to try to score points against us in this public propaganda battle over whether or not babies should be protected. They say your Bible is not the law. They say your Bible and your beliefs and your doctrine, your Christianity, your Catholicism is not mine. So you don't get to push that on me. And to an extent they're right. So if I sound preachy and I'm going to try to I'm going to try to avoid it. Um if I sound preachy it's going to be just because it's hard for me to say these things without invoking my faith. But I do want to make this very clear. What we are saying when we talk about this horrendous new proposed law in the state of Virginia on the heels of what Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, signed in New York last week. Um, I'm not going to be appealing to your sense of faith, to your belief in God, to your belief in the Bible. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about just in your own sense of the dignity and value of life, in your own conscience, in your own belief system, your own value system, one that should be formed by the way you have lived your life, by the way you were raised by your parents. Can faith be a part of that? Sure. But I'm just trying to say I'm not going to demand that we stop these horrific bills from being passed because God said so, but because the decency of man says so. It was my sense of of decency and ethics and morality that had me just completely aghast at the video that I watched late last night and again a few different times this morning that I'm going to share with you now, the audio portion of it, obviously. I'll set it up for you. It was my sense of decency as a human, not my fear of God, that God will judge us. Now, I believe that to be true. He will. And I believe he will judge the demonic monsters that you're about to hear, or at least one monster that you're about to hear in this in this audio clip. But it's just it's it's simple decency and protection of innocence that I would hope we all share without faith. Forget about the I'm afraid of hell, therefore I must believe this. Or I believe in God, therefore, this is how I feel. I, and if that is what brings you there, that's fine. But my point is I'm not going to lean on that. It's not going to be religion is my crutch here. This is why we must support life is because of religion. Your simple belief in, in, you know, in humanity should, should bring you there. Now let me set this up for you. We all knew that when the state of New York passed this horrendous, Nazi-esque, if I can. And I mean that because I'm looking for I'm looking for analogies 
that are apples to apples. And in Nazi Germany during the Holocaust, some of the horrific things that were done to newborn babies um, in the interest of science, according to the butcher, the angel of death, Joseph Mengele, um, that's, that's a pretty accurate comparison to what I'm about to share with you. All right? We knew that when they passed that law allowing babies carried all the way to term to be terminated just at about the point of birth, as long as the mother says, I'm stressed, I can't do this, her mental health is now a consideration. And the provider, and I, you have to use the word provider. I, I really don't like using the term doctor to describe abortionists because doctors indicate someone who is there to provide health someone who is there to maintain health, someone is there to save health and save lives, not to take them. But the abortion provider might be a better way to say this. If the provider hears the woman say, I can't handle this, I'm not going to be a good mom, I can't do this, the provider says, yep, now I got it, I got it on, on the record, her mental health is now at risk. And as per the law, the health of the mother is an excuse for killing the baby i'm sorry terminating the pregnancy i'm sorry discarding the medical waste inside of her as soon as new york passed that law you knew it was only going to be a matter of time before it was replicated and perhaps made worse which brings us to virginia the state of virginia is considering a bill that has been proposed by Virginia House of Delegates member Kathy Tran. She is a Democrat from Fairfax, Virginia. She has offered a bill that would allow a mother to kill her baby, literally not in the third trimester, but all the way up to the very end of the third trimester. How close to the end are we talking about? Well, that's the video slash audio that I'm going to share with you right now. The male voice you're going to hear in this short conversation, it's only a minute and 14 seconds long, belongs to that of Delegate Todd Gilbert, a Republican from Shenandoah. He's questioning his colleague, Democrat Kathy Tran, about her proposal to be able to kill the baby literally to the point of delivery. What you will hear in his voice, I would describe as incredulity. He's incredulous. He can't believe what he's hearing. What you're going to hear in her voice is a little bit of fear. Even she doesn't like to say out loud what her bill would allow. Listen to her long, dramatic pauses in response to his questions. Listen to her stammer. Listen to the awkwardness, the discomfort in the room when he asks her to state in uh, for the for the uh, uh, purpose of the people in attendance what she had written. A little bit different to write it or type it out on a keyboard than it is to say it out loud. And that's what he made her do. Now, I want you to listen to this, and I want you to hear it again through your own humanity, not necessarily through your religious prism, just as people, faithful or not, how can we greenlight something like this? 
So how late in the third trimester would you be able to, to do that? You know, it's very unfortunate that our, the, our physicians, uh, our witnesses, were not able to attend today to speak specifically. No, no I'm talking that. about your bill. How, yeah, how, late, I mean, how late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the, of the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm um, talking about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay. But to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. So, um, where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, um, that she is about to give a birth, would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would I understand make that. that. I'm asking point. if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. I'm going to let you sit there and think about that for a moment or two. And we'll have more right after this on AM4. From Goodwill and the Ad Council. Nine twenty-five as we continue. So this bill in the state of Virginia... Um, which is going to be followed by other states in the same way that Virginia is following New York, would allow a woman on the basis of mental health, meaning I think I'm stressed, I think I might be depressed, I think I can't handle being a mother, kill the baby, oh, I'm sorry, terminate the pregnant, I'm sorry, discard the medical waste that is inside of me. This bill would allow, and you just heard it, I'm going to play it again, you just heard the uh, uh, delegate from Virginia asking his colleague, also, well, obviously from Virginia, but the Democrat is Kathy Tran proposing this <clears throat> horrendous new law, being questioned by uh, the Republican Todd Gilbert. I'm going to let you hear this again, and you're going to hear literally the sound of fear as she has to say out loud what she was so happy to be able to type or have her staff type uh, into a uh, word processor. I want you to listen to the disgust and the incredulity in the voice of Mr. Gilbert and listen to the fear in the voice of Kathy Tran as she has to say out loud what she is willing to do to babies as they are being born. So how late in the third trimester would you be able to, to do that? You know, it's very unfortunate that our, the, our physicians, uh, our witnesses, were not able to attend today to speak specifically. No, no I'm talking that. about your bill. How, yeah, how, late, I mean, how late in the third? Pause it there and listen to, again, she's trying to deflect and dodge. This isn't me. Don't question me. I've got witnesses. They're not here, but i got witnesses who would tell you why this is what we want to do in this bill. She doesn't want to take ownership of it herself. Fear of being judged. And rightfully so, but not by judge by man, not not judged by you and me or by Mr. Gilbert there, but a judgment that will come later. No, no, I'm talking about your bill. How, yeah, how, late, I mean, how late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman? Or physical health. Did you catch that? The Republican delegate asks her 
about the mental health aspect of this. How late in the in the gestational period, how late in the third trimester would the woman be able to request an abortion because of her mental health? And the fearful Democrat ghoul responsible for this bill says almost dry-mouthed and under her breath, or, or physical health. Did you notice it, how she said it? Or, or, or physical health. They're trying to make it appear as though delivering a baby is going to impair the physical health or the life of a mother. When countless numbers of OBGYN doctors who deliver thousands of babies say that less than one-tenth of one percent of every pregnancy would impair the health or life of a mother. Delivering babies, natural childbirth, is a natural thing. It doesn't impair the health of women. But she has to stick that in there because he asked about mental health. She tried to say physical health. Remember, we're trying to protect the mom. He said, no, we're talking about the mental health. But listen to how she says it, not just what she says. Indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman. Or physical health. Okay. Under her breath, through a dry mouth, she knows she is being forced to acknowledge the horrors of what she is espousing and she is promoting and she is trying to get past. Okay. I'm, I'm um, talking about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay, but to the end of the third trimester. Yep, I don't think we have a limit in the bill. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. What do you mean you don't think? You wrote it. It's your bill. Say it! Say it proudly! Kathy Tran, say it proudly. You wrote it. You want it passed. Say, right, all the way up until the end of the third trimester. There is no limit in this bill. This abortion should be allowed to be performed right up to the very end. Say it if you mean it. Why are you hiding behind it? Why do you sound afraid of your own bill? So, um... Again, the long pause here by Mr. Gilbert, the incredulity of what he's hearing. He, he's, he's trying to process this. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, um, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. The long pause before she would answer. He had to interject. Physical signs. She's dilating. Her cervix is beginning to open. The baby is on the way. Your bill would allow that baby to be killed at that moment, right? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would I understand make that. that. I'm point. asking if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. These people know. They know that what they are doing is inhumane. They know that what they are doing is evil. They know that what they are suggesting is so bad that they don't even want to have to say it out loud. But it's what they continue to promote because it's what their political bases want them to promote. It's 931. News now. Your reactions to that next on AM 1420, The Answer.
there are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Speaking of truth, as we discuss this uh, horrific, animalistic, barbaric, demonic proposal in the state of Virginia, which pretty much matches the now new law in the state of New York, allowing babies to be murdered literally as they're being born. It was never put in such a way in New York, to my knowledge, the way that the uh, Republican delegate in Virginia did when questioning the author of the bill, his colleague, Kathy Tran, uh, about the uh, moment of, of birth. He said, the woman is dilating. Her, her cervix is opening. He, she's about to give birth. You're telling me that what you want us to have as a law in the state of Virginia is that if the mom says, not liking this, not feeling it, don't want to do it, that she can be found to be in mental distress and thus her mental health at risk and the, the abortionist, the abortion provider, can just kill that baby at that moment. And she said, yes, my bill would allow that. Speaking of truth... I want to remind everyone for a moment about Kermit Gosnell. I don't know if you saw the movie. I didn't, actually, in part because I, I was too sickened by what I knew I was going to see. But like a lot of other people who are especially pro-life, I uh, have done a lot of studying of the case of Kermit Gosnell. Kermit Gosnell, a physician by trade, on May 13th of 2013, hard to believe that's almost six full years ago now, I was convicted in a Philadelphia court of three counts of first-degree murder for snipping with scissors the necks of infants who had been born alive. Now, mind you, if he had been better at his job and had killed them in the womb, they would have been born dead. And he's just perfectly within the bounds of the law. But because they were born alive and then he finished the job, he was convicted of three counts of first-degree murder. He was also convicted of 21 counts of felony late-term abortion, among other charges. His unlicensed staff members were convicted of theft by deception for performing medical procedures, abortions, for which they were untrained and unqualified. Stephen Massoff, an unlicensed medical school graduate, pleaded guilty to two counts of third-degree murder for snipping the spines of babies born alive, according to Gosnell's instructions. Many other members of his staff testified, in exchange for immunity, that they had participated in countless acts of snipping. On January 22, 2019, last week, Almost everything that Kermit Gosnell and his staff did was legalized by the state of New York. He was convicted of killing breathing infants that had already been born. It is now legal in New York to kill an infant that survives an abortion. He was convicted of allowing untrained and unlicensed non-medical personnel to perform abortions. It is now legal in New York for non-physicians or any health professionals underlined to perform abortions. He was convicted of performing at least 21 late-term abortions past the legal limit of 24 weeks. That, if you're scoring at home, that's seven months of pregnancy. Or six months of pregnancy, beg your pardon. It is now legal in New York to terminate a pregnancy up until the due date 
In New York, there is no longer any such thing as a late-term abortion. It's just an abortion. Gosnell has consistently maintained that he was innocent, ahead of his time. And he predicted that someday he would be exonerated. He was right. He was just a few years early and in the wrong city. The state of New York just exonerated him. He said, quote, after his conviction, I continue to feel optimistic of the eventual outcome. The vindication of what I've done, why I've done it, and how it will become accepted within my lifetime. He was spot on. It has now been accepted and codified into law in the state of New York and is about to be codified in the state of Virginia. Which state is next? Some say Illinois. Would not surprise me. But they just legalized every atrocity that he committed and for which he now sits in a prison cell. That is an amazing thing. Kermit Gosnell was right. He has been vindicated, and his methods have been approved. Simply staggering. Let's get some reactions uh, to this at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and triple eight two eight one eleven ten. You notice what I have not done, as I mentioned in my intro. I'm not making this about God. I'm not making this about religion, because that gives the pro-death-before-birth crowd a reason to argue with us and say, I don't share your religion, and I don't believe in God, therefore, how can you tell us what laws to make? Regard, I'm, I'm talking about simple humanity now. I'm talking about, now I do believe in God, obviously. I do believe that there is a special place in hell for these people, but I'm not making that argument now. I am saying just from a human perspective, from a moral center that we all have to have, how can anyone justify what Kermit Gosnell did? And how can anyone justify what is now legal to do in the state of New York and is being advocated for by that um, demonic delegate from Virginia in that state? How can that be the new norm? Just from a human perspective. Joanne in Twinsburg, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Good morning. I got a couple of quick points. First of all, all this is is legalized taxpayer-paid murder. (laughs) Plain and simple. I mean, frankly, that's all it is. I mean, this is the legalized murder. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Another point I had is... I'm glad you stuck in... Hold on. I'm glad you stuck in the modifier taxpayer-funded because I I, I didn't mention that part, but you're right, because our federal government, including our president, continues to sign spending bill after spending bill that funds uh, 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 Planned Parenthood clinics that perform these atrocities. You're right. We're paying to kill these babies in such manner. And they're performing most of them. This also comes from the same people who care to claim so much about the children at the border. Right. What about these children in the womb? I don't yeah, they're, they're 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 crying they're crying about wh- uh, babies being kept in cages, which, by the way, is a misnomer, and we all know that it right. was a lie. The way it was that that has been portrayed, but babies in cages, babies in cages, babies separated from their parents, and yet here they are cheering as the uh, and, yeah, uh, as and the spire is lit up pink of... in celebration of the death of babies. Go ahead. And then, I mean, I, the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, thank God. I mean, I don't think Governor Dewine would ever sign such a bill. But if this law was in effect in the state of Ohio, what about all the people from University Hospital that lost embryos? Do they no longer have a case? 
because these are no longer considered viable entities? What happens to what would happen to those people if that were law here? It's a great question. I wonder. I suspect the answer, though, Joanne, thanks for the call, Joanne. I suspect the answer would be, uh, you know, one of intent. That's how it always is. You know, it's it, it, what I mean by that is, as we know, uh, a woman who is shot and killed while pregnant, um, the shooter is charged with double homicide. The shooter is charged with double murder because she had a baby that she wanted. She had a baby that she was going to keep, that she was going to give birth to. So therefore, it's a double homicide. Two lives were taken. But if that same woman wanders into an abortion clinic and says, I don't want this baby that's inside of me, take it out, tear it apart, inject it with poison, then deliver it stillborn, I'm just giving you many of the different methods that are done, uh, then it's not a homicide. All because of what the woman says. If she says, I want to have the baby, then it's a double murder. If she says, rip this thing out of me, it's women's health care. No one on the left, no one on the pro-abortion, no one on the pro-death-before-birth side of this discussion that has been going on since well before 1973 in Roe v. Wade, no one on that side has ever been able to explain that away. No one. Pregnant woman murdered, double homicide. Same woman walks in and has her baby murdered, health care. Explain that. Pro-abortionists who are listening right now, aggravated and angry at me, explain that. Defenders of Kathy Tran, who says kill them while, they're di- while the mother's dilating, explain that to me. Nobody has ever been able to do that in decades. And with good reason, I suspect. BJ in Strongsville, you're next. Hi, BJ, go ahead. Thank you. The young lady that was on just before me brought up the major points, and I think the issue of what is going on is going to be a women's issue. They're going to resolve that. All of us come into this world by passage of coming through a woman's body. And I think this is going to be a major issue in America where women are going to make this decision, because if men come up and say they support a woman's right to abort, that's insignificant, because men do not bear children. Women bear the children. This is going to be a major, major issue in this coming year. The month of January 2019 has been the bloodiest month politically in my lifetime, including all the wars when we talked about standing up and applauding the murder of babies about to be born into the world, young future men and young future women, young future America, young future the world. This is an issue. I don't think I want to deal with politics anymore. I think it's more the social issue we have to waken up. And I hope you pursue these things more socially than politically, because we cannot trust the political opposition. They are the blood party. The Democrat Party is the party that wants to euthanize senior citizens. And if that's not coming up soon, I don't know when it will, but it will come up. But if you're willing to kill life before it begins... You're willing to kill anything in life, and I thank you for your time. And God bless the women of America and their awakening. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, BJ. I appreciate the call. You know, BJ brings up a really interesting point about, of course, women are only the only ones able to bear children, and uh, and therefore this is a women's issue. Um, I've always had a an open conversation about that. Um, No woman can impregnate herself. No woman 
can create a child on her own. There must be a father. There must be a male donor to that process, obviously. If the embryo inside of a woman, the child inside of a woman, is 50% woman and 50% man, meaning not gender, but but 50% her uh, um, contribution to this and 50% the males, how is the survival of that child 100% the decision of the woman? Man's half the equation. The man, the father, the donor, whatever you want to call him, is half the equation. But the child inside, he has 0% say in about, about the survival of the child inside. That's a conversation that I've always been open to uh, because I do not like this notion that uh, abortion is only a woman's issue because she's the vessel that carries the child. Uh, Jan, in uh, Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Oh, hi. Uh, you know, uh, this free population control, they're, they're uh, a big segment in the Democratic uh, Party. And uh, I, I just heard the other day that, you know, how China, for so long, you were only allowed, the, a family was only allowed to have one child. Right. Now, their their country is in a crisis because they're, they're missing some people of a certain age range that they, that they need to succeed. And uh, uh, I know Barack Obama, uh, I can't think of the, the person who was in his cabinet. There was a name for a group of people that were his advisors. And uh, that person co-wrote a book with someone who uh, thought that uh, children should be able to be gotten rid of up to age three or three and a half or something. So, see, they they don't want they don't want healthy they don't want to populate the country with uh, bright and healthy kids, uh, Americans that speaks a language because they uh, they'd rather bring people in and. Uh, have, you know, have them have them be dependent and not speak the language, so they can manipulate them and empower them. And when they have too many of them, they'll get rid of them too. The um, it's an interesting. Thank you, Jan. It's an interesting point you raise. I do recall a conversation that I had with one of these pro-abortionists on my Facebook page uh, last week after the New York decision came down and the signing by Governor Cuomo. And. Um, she she was trying to to question my pro life uh, uh, support and talked about uh, do I support hunting and do I support um, uh, you know killing of animals for food or for sport and this that, and the other and I said we please stop trying to conflate and try to find some moral equivalency between killing human beings and killing animals um, and eventually got her to admit quote this earth is overpopulated anyway we are the ones destroying the planet we need fewer of us. And that is a mentality. You use the words, Jan, population control. And I think there are a lot of people on the far left who feel like that is the responsibility of the existing people on this planet to stop future people from inhabiting this planet and using its resources. We need to leave it to the animals uh, because humans are the, uh, are the evil ones. There's no response to that, of course. I instantly had to end the conversation. 951, back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Silence and the crickets we hear from the Vatican on this is deafening. Where's the Pope on this? Not a word. 
Yeah, what Dolan said that I understood, uh, and I'm with you uh, as far as you know, greenlighting it and, and not giving, you know, disincentivizing them to do this. But Dolan basically said, excommunicating Cuomo from the church isn't going to make him change his mind as a politician, as a governor. He's going to continue to do what he does because he doesn't believe he's violating any laws anyway, or any church laws, or doctrine, or canons, or anything of that nature. So he's saying it would be pointless. These people believe what they believe, regardless. I think what you're saying is accurate, Norm. Forget about him. How about others? If people whose faith is important to them consider the same type of actions and consider consider the same type of policies, people in a position of leadership and to establish policy about the lives of the unborn, if they realize their faith will be taken from them, meaning the church will no longer recognize them as such, then maybe it gets them to change their mind. Yeah, maybe the uh, cardinal's right. Maybe Cuomo won't change his mind. But maybe it's the next one who has his mind changed when he sees that the church is standing up for life. So I'm with you. But, uh, but that, unfortunately, was Cardinal Dolan's point of view. All right, it's 10 o'clock. We'll get our newscast now. We're going to come back. We're going to change the subject for a short while. We're going to talk national security. It matters to me, and it should matter to you with our friend Ryan Moore from the Clarion Project. Then we'll get back to your phone calls after on AM 1420, The Answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.